This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning, everyone. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. Leah's out today. Um, Go ahead and give me a call with your gardening questions or text me at 512-836-0590. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I want to tell you about something that I've released on my website at atxgardens.com, and that is a 2024 fruit tree calendar. Um, And it's a downloadable calendar that will go directly into your phone or your device. Um, So it's really easy to download. And basically then your calendar will be automatically populated with uh, reminders of when to care for your fruit trees. So feeding, pruning, uh, spraying, preventative sprayings, Um, stuff like that. So check it out, atxgardens.com. Click on shop and you'll see it there. And uh, I'm really excited about it. So it's for 2024 and check it out. I think it'll make a great gift. And it looks like I already have a caller. Um, This is Fernando. Hey, Fernando, you're on the air. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Question. Um, we have some Yopon hollies in the front that were probably our landscape to put them in about five years ago. Uh-huh. They're starting to get it a little little larger than my wife would like. H- how far can we trim them back? And is, is, is it okay? A, is, is it okay? How far can we trim them? And is it okay to trim them right now? Um, let's see. How tall are they? They're, but no more, you know, like bush. Yeah. Um, I would say that they're probably uh, right around a little bit higher than my knees, maybe, okay. maybe my thigh. Oh, okay. Maybe. Okay. Um, so are they the dwarf type, I assume? Like they're little round, they're kind of round? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So you can remove about 20% of the plant in one year. And um, it's not a great time to do it right now because... At this time of year, they're likely to grow right back, uh, and the new growth will be susceptible to cold damage. Um, You could do it now, and it probably would be fine, but it would be better to wait until, um, like, February to do it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and you can take, you know, the top 25%. Sometimes with little shrubs, I'll take even more like the top third off. And then they'll kind of grow back into the spot where you want them to grow. Um, Yopons are kind of slow growing, so uh, you know they'll look. They can look a little ugly for a while after you've trimmed them. Um, okay. If you find that they're getting too big all the time, um, then you may need to replace them with something that isn't you know going to get that tall repeatedly. Like if you're having to trim them too often yeah we're trying to shape them so is it okay to use one of those like a um, edger i mean you know that that is that, i think i'm saying the right thing here yeah so um 
it's okay if you do it just once a year. <clears throat> if you're using shears, like hedge trimmers. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're using hedge trimmers all the time, um, like every every other week, uh, it will eventually kill them. Because um, wow, okay. it just it removes too much of their leaves. Uh, so that's not a good practice. But if you're only doing it like once a year, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah right. We haven't t- we haven't touched them in, in a couple years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you'll be in good shape. All right. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Fernando. Happy gardening. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. You know, it's always hard when you've got plants that you're invested in, you know, and you've watched them grow and they've been successful. And then you start to think at this time of year when all the plants have reached their maximum size, it's sort of like, uh uh-oh, something's getting bigger than we thought it would or we didn't anticipate it getting that big or, uh, you know, then getting in there and trimming it is a little bit tricky. And, um, but yeah, you know, like I said to Fernando, for y'all out there, it's really once a year taking them way down is a good practice. And they might look a little bad at first, but they'll grow back in the spring. Um, I was watching uh, Monty Don, who's a BBC uh, TV gardener host, and they show a lot of footage of his garden and you can see his boxwoods that he cuts back every year and you can see the woody parts even on TV you can see where it was cut back really hard and looks kind of bad for uh, a little while and uh, until it grows back so and they're I think doing that uh, at least once a year to control their size Um, because they have the English-style gardens where they have boxwoods around all of the flower beds, like as an edge, which isn't my favorite, but that's a look, you know, a lot of people go for. So um, again, this is Colleen Dieter with atxgardens.com. Check out my website and the fruit tree calendar there. You might be interested in Having some reminders, if you're an aspiring orchardist and you have some fruit trees, um, I think this calendar would be really valuable to you. Um, It automatically populates your digital calendar with fruit tree tasks. Um, The other thing I want to remind you all about is next week on October 28th, My volunteer group, Central Texas Seed Savers, which is a project of Fruitful Commons, um, we're hosting our big seed swap at the Central Library in Austin from 11 to 1. And it's open and free to all. Everybody's welcome. Even if you don't have seeds to share, you're still welcome to come because we always have more seeds and people. Uh, so come on down. It's really great event to get to know other gardeners and, um, you know, the seeds there. If you get seeds from another gardener, you know that they've been successful with that plant and um, you can get information from directly from the, the gardener uh, about how to grow the plant and what the plant is for and 
it's a really good way to get stuff that you've never heard of or stuff that's really hard to find. So check that out, October 28th. That's a week from today from 11 to 1 at the Central Library downtown on Cesar Chavez. That's my group, Central Texas Seed Savers. You can find out more at centexseedsavers.org. <clears throat> November 18th, uh, I'll be leading a tree ID walk at the Twin Lakes YMCA in Cedar Park from 10 to noon, and that you have to register for. Um, that's co-hosted by me and my friend Megan, who works at Hill Country Garden, Hill Country Water Gardens. Uh, and she and I will be leading that walk together, and you can register for that at treefolks.org. Treefolks is the host of that event, treefolks.org. So check that out. And again, you can call or text me with your gardening questions at 512-836-0590. And I can answer any questions about landscape design. If you need help identifying a plant, you can text some pictures to that number, 512-836-0590. And uh, this week, I finally put my Indian peaches in the ground. I was so glad to finally plant them. I bought them from Lone Star Nursery over the summer. These very hard to find rare peaches from the Four Corners region that are on their own roots, so they're not grafted. Um, and they, are, they come true to seed. So if you plant the seed in the ground, the tree will grow to be like the parent for the, for the most part, which is different from most other fruit trees, um, where if you plant the seed with most other fruit trees, uh, if you plant them from a seed, the, the, the tree that grows from the seed won't look like the parent. Um, and so... I'm really excited about this Indian peach. It's supposed to be very durable for heat and drought, especially since it was grown in the desert. Um, so we'll see how they do here in Central Texas. I bought three of them and planted them this week. I held them all summer in the pots waiting for planting season, and that was tough to keep them watered. But I'm so glad they're in the ground now, and they're they're doing fine. So... Um, they're pretty neat and we'll see how they do. Um, uh, hoping that I'll have cuttings of that plant and seeds someday to share with other folks at the seed swaps. So I'm looking forward to that. And I might also graft some other types of peaches onto them as a uh, rootstock. So... Uh, I see Denise in Elgin is on the line, but Denise, we're going to go to a break and then I'll answer your call after that. Thanks. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning, y'all. This is Colleen. 
with atxgardens.com and we have Denise on the line in Elgin. Hi, Denise. Thanks for waiting. Sure. And thank you for taking the call. Um, My question has to do with uh, rain garden. Right. And this is an area that is at the end of a, 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 pipe that goes underneath the road, um, probably about a three-inch pipe that goes underneath the road. It doesn't move a lot of water, but when there's excess water in the front yard, it will go underneath the road and uh, pour out onto this rain garden I would like to put in there, because I'd like it not to be swampy. Yeah. And um, I was wondering what plants I can put in there. It's, it's not full sun. It does get probably about four to five hours of sun, morning sun. Okay. And then it's shade the rest of the day. So um, I guess I'm limited as to what kind of plants I could oh. put in there. It, it's dry most of the time unless we're getting a lot of rain and then it gets really, really wet. Okay. I love rain and, gardens. And, and I am in the clay area. So okay. it will hold the water. <laughs> Great. That's what I was just going to ask you if it was clay or sand over there in Elgin. So that's great. Okay. So. Um, you're in really good shape. Uh, you're going to have a lot of good native plants to choose from, um, including inland sea oats. Um, that's a really good choice. Uh, dwarf palmetto is a really good one that a lot of people don't think of, but they love that those conditions. A little bit of shade, occasionally getting inundated with water is normally where they would grow along a creek. Uh both for the inland sea oats and the dwarf palmetto. Um, fall obedient plant is another good choice. Um, and, and all and all of these plants, the great plants that you're naming, mm-hmm. are they're okay with uh, periods of little to no water, maybe yes. a little bit of hand watering once a week or something? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I've grown them in those conditions for sure. Um, and the other one I would recommend is the Turk's cap. Um, okay. Turk's cap does really well with those inundations of water and then long periods of dryness too. Okay. Yeah. Well, that gives me some choices then. So I, I appreciate your time this great. morning and love your show. Thank you so much, Denise. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Okay. We've got another caller here. This is Robert in West Austin. Hi, Robert. You're on the air. Hey, good morning. Uh, uh, your name Leah, right? This is Colleen today. Oh, Colleen. Okay. Yeah, Colleen, okay. good morning. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I have uh, several uh, uh, Japanese boxwoods. Okay. I put in in November of last year, and they were doing pretty good uh, until the summertime. Yeah. And... Uh, the some of them have their leaves turning yellow. They never mm-hmm. turn brown. They are turning mm-hmm. yellow, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't drop out. Mm-hmm. And I've tried uh, um, less water, more water, and uh, also do some fertilization. Mm-hmm. But the yellowness of the leaves, you, I cannot seem to get rid of. Okay. Okay. Well, it could be lots of different things. Um, A lot of times the Japanese boxwoods will turn yellow when anything is wrong. (laughs) So um, 
my there could be many different things going wrong here. Um, but my best guess is that it was heat, the heat. Um, and that because they were newly planted, even if you had watered them plenty, uh, it was just so intensely hot this summer that they're not able to drink the water fast enough because their roots aren't established yet. Um, mm -hmm. And so what all you need to do is keep the soil moist like a wrung out sponge, okay? The mm -hmm. leaves that are already yellow, they're probably not ever going to turn green again. Okay, that's the thing about boxwoods. Yeah, so mm -hmm. this is part. This is why they're not really my favorite plant. Uh, so you just keep that soil moist like a wrung out sponge. Okay, and then mm -hmm. you're just going to have to wait for them to start growing, um, and they might not grow at all until the spring. Um, but you should see some new green growth coming out um, in thing. March. The and thing is, uh, yeah. How do they be, uh, grow green if uh, I'm going to make up a number, say 80% of the leaves of mm -hmm. the bush, mm -hmm. they are already yellow. If yellow uh, is not going to become green, mm -hmm. then only uh, 10 to 20% of the bush mm -hmm. have the possibility of growing uh, um, green leaves. The rest of the the rest of the tree has to be uh, uh, trimmed out. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think in this case, that's the, that's probably true. Um, because because the yellow yellow cannot be recovered, as you said. Yeah. That uh, they will never turn green. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you may think about replacing them. Uh, uh, dwarf yopon hollies are a good replacement for boxwoods. Um, uh, one of the previous callers called to ask about uh, yopons. So the dwarf yopon okay. hollies are a good replacement if you're interested. They're okay. more yopon, durable. Yeah. Right. Mm. The yopon holly comes in how many flavors? Uh, some some come with uh, a bit with uh, tones on them. Oh, no, 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 not the yopons. There's other types of hollies that are thorny, mm -hmm. but the yopon hollies that are native here, um, they do not have thorns. And there is a dwarf type that stays uh -huh. very small and shrubby because there's the standard kinds that get like trees, they're trees. They're really, okay. they're much bigger. So you can get the little dwarf ones that stay more as a shrub. Okay, so you, so yeah. you would suggest uh, replacing yeah. these with uh, dwarf, dwarf uh, holly? Or dwarf yeah, the dwarf yopon holly. That's right. Wait a minute, say, say it again, dwarf, dwarf yopon holly? Yeah, dwarf yopon. Huh. It's Y-A-U-P-O-N. Right. Holly, yep. And, and holly. Now, there is a female holly, there is a male holly. Yes. Not in the case of the dwarf yopon hollies. They're only males. Okay. Yeah, they okay. don't make berries. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I spent a lot of a lot of money for the Japanese boxwood. Uh, I understand. And I, I don't even know. I don't even know whether too much water is causing the problem or too little water I causing know. the problem. It's really hard, Robert. So I think. Now I understand. I understand you also uh, come and visit uh, and give a. Uh, I, I mean, do, Robert. And do some, do some testing, etc. Yes, Robert, I do. And I'll talk more about that after our next break. Thank you for your call. We've got to go to the news now. All right. Thank you, man. Bye-bye. Welcome to the Horticulture Hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Here are your hosts, Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Good morning, everyone. This is Colleen Dieter and the Horticulture Hangover Show. Um, I run a landscape consulting business called Red Wheelbarrow, and you can find out more about me at atxgardens.com. And I'm here this morning answering your gardening questions, so give me a call at 512 836 and I can come over and uh, answer questions about your yard in person uh, if you hire me for a consulting service at atxgardens.com and uh, you know this time of year is when all of the plants have reached their maximum size it's a really good time to just chill out and enjoy how everything's looking. Enjoy the flowers and the blooms and the butterflies coming through and uh, take a little time to, you know, reap the reward of your hard work, keeping everything alive this summer <laughs> or celebrate the survivors if you didn't do any hard work this summer uh, because it was too hot just uh, celebrate the survivors and you know take a look at how good everything's doing um, now we've got a caller this is Carol from Northwest Austin hi Carol you're on the air hi uh, I heard you were an arborist you said a minute yes, ago yes. And I've got a question. I've got a nice little red bud tree which sort of wants to split, and I talked to somebody about maybe bolting it. Is mm. that a good idea or not? I, I hate to lose it. It's just so pretty in the spring. Um, yeah, if it's... You can do that. It's temporary fix, though. Uh-huh. Um, and what I often recommend with uh, red bud trees is... It, if you see any growth coming up from the bottom of the tree, from the base or from the roots, um, you can let that grow up and that will become a new tree, hmm. basically. Yeah, I don't think it's doing that. It's, it's not. Just, uh, the uh, crepe myrtles do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're not lucky enough to do that, then yes, you could try bolting it um 
it's usually the bolting is for really big trees is an old practice for big trees. I've never done that on a really small tree and cable, you know, I don't know. Yeah, cabling um is an option too. Usually people do it for bigger uh more valuable trees and so with the red buds it's not a common practice. Um, yeah, I know. I've seen a lot of them broke, and I figured it wasn't yeah. a very long-lived tree. But yeah, they're I not. Want to preserve it if I can. Yeah, yeah. Even if you if you end up having to remove the tree and you, if you cut it down, a lot of times they do grow back from the ground. Oh, and okay. then yeah, so and kind leave, of replace leave the themselves. Stump and maybe it'll come back. Yes. If it has to, if it's yeah, great. I did that oh. with mine in my front yard. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been really happy with the with the tree that grew back. Okay, mm-hmm. and another quick question. Is this a good time? I wanted to transplant some plants, uh, lantana, some yopon shoots, and some periwinkle, or should I wait yes. longer? No, no, you should do it now. It's a okay. great time to do it now. Yeah, it's a great time for transplanting. Okay, yeah, yeah. it's supposed to rain in a few days if we're lucky. So. I hope so. But I maybe hope that'll so, make Carol. It yeah, it will. Yeah, okay. thank well, thanks you. Thanks for your advice. Okay, thanks, Carol. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, up next, we have Rebecca in Georgetown. Hi, Rebecca, you're on the air. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I have um, a question regarding irises. I have probably a five-foot section in my garden that's pretty thick that I've kind of let them go for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, So they're very crowded. I thinned them out once, um, but they're still very thick crowded and not blooming as much in the spring right what can i do now okay so this is a really good time of year for dividing irises i'm glad you reminded me because i need to do mine too at home (laughs) so um basically what you're going to do is you're going to dig them all up okay and then you're going yeah all of them Mm -hmm. okay and then you're going to look for the ones you're going to look at the the bulb part which is called a corm um, like the really thick root part and mm-hmm. you're going to look for the ones that have little holes in them and those are the ones that have that are old that are not going to bloom again okay okay so get rid of the ones that have the holes and then um, replant the younger ones they're going to be a little smaller replant those that don't have holes in them that's okay. still and they'll still have some long roots replant them and make sure that the top of the corm is right at ground level and not buried too right mhm okay. so they're they're right at yeah just the bare this the like bottom 90% of the corm is underground and then the top part is exposed okay yep and then if you have any left over you pass them along to a friend. <laughs> Is there anything I can put in the soil except for after this summer? To oh, help them along. I or think feed it's, them. I think it's always a good idea to add compost to the soil. Um, they're really durable plants, and they don't need a whole lot. Uh, so I would just add some compost. You can okay. do some bulb food if you want to, but I think the compost is enough. And should I space them out a particular distance from each other? Yeah, you'll you'll probably like four inches apart, maybe even further. You'll just have to see how many you want to fit back into that spot, kind of, because you don't want them to get too crowded too fast again. 
Right. So I do mine every few years, you know, they start to get crowded every three years or so. So, okay. mm-hmm. yeah, maybe five, five or six inches apart, you know, depending on how, how you like it and how big the corms are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's no exact science. <laughs> okay. All right. And then do you have time for one more question? If not, I understand. I don't, Rebecca. I'm sorry because okay. no we have to go thank to a break. Thank you for your help. All right. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Good morning, everyone. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. I'm a landscape consultant, so I help my customers by alleviating their anxieties about their yards. So, do you have any questions for me? Call me at 512-836-0590. Check out my website again, atxgardens.com. And I'm so looking forward to dividing my irises this week. Our last caller was asking about dividing irises, and that's a fun gardener activity. I like to use a tool called a border spade for that or um, a digging fork, which are two tools that most people aren't familiar with. And the digging fork is kind of like a pitchfork, but it's shorter. The handle is shorter. And uh, the, the tines on the fork are thicker and fatter. So it's meant for digging in the ground instead of uh, pitching hay the way a pitchfork is made for just digging into a pile of something soft. So um, the digging fork is really good if you have clay soil and it's great for digging up things like irises and plants that need to be transplanted or divided. I also really like the border spade. Um, this is Similar, it has a shorter handle than a regular shovel, garden spade. Um, And it's usually flat on the bottom instead of pointy. Uh, But the benefit of it being flat on the bottom is that when you dig into the ground, the, the spade goes straight down instead of in. Because when they're pointed on the bottom, they're more they're going to be more curved, and so that's going to when you use a shovel to transplant a plant, you're cutting into the roots more than you would if you were using the border spade. Um, okay, we've got a caller. This is Bill from Horseshoe Bay. Hi, Bill. Hi you're there. on the air. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Traveling a little today. Um, I have a number of fig trees, mostly the, I think you would say brown turkey figs or something like that. I love the figs. I've been planting them off and on for years. There are various sizes. Only one of them bears figs around the yard. Hmm. And that one, the figs uh, appear and then take several months to ripen. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious as to how I can uh, get some more figs to eat. 
Yeah, great question, Bill. I love figs so much, and brown turkey is my favorite variety. And um, they do take a really long time to ripen. So that's not that unusual uh, where they appear, and then it takes a long time for them to turn brown to where you can eat them. Um, Why the other ones aren't producing fruit, I don't know. Um, They're in in various kinds of soil. Most of them now are finally in good soil. Okay. Um, Some folks say to not water them much. Other folks say to water them deep. I don't know anything about their root systems. Um, Mm. It may be simply the water. It could be, especially I know over there in Horseshoe Bay, y'all haven't had any rain in a long time, right? Um, they Do they still have their leaves? Did they lose their leaves yes. this summer? They still have leaves? Really? Yeah, I, I wanted them enough to keep the leaves uh, from drooping. Okay. And I, I have not fertilized them at all this year on somebody's advice last year. Okay. Yeah, I think um, watering deeply occasionally after the trees are established. So you said you planted them at various times. So the different trees may have different water needs um, depending on when you planted them. So if they were all planted within, you know, the ones that were planted in the last three years, are there any that you've planted in the last three years? Uh, Only one. The rest of them have been there from Three to six years. Okay, so... And they're very, they're very large. They get very large. Okay, good. Did they... The one that is newly planted, you really will need to water once a week um, to get it established um, and make sure that it, you know, has a strong root system going forward. But the rest of them, you really can let them dry out between waterings. Um, and... Uh, so more like one, maybe once every two weeks or something, but they need a really deep watering uh, for a long uh, period of time. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah. So I'm thinking. May, oh, go ahead. Uh, that may be the issue because they're getting watered essentially when the sprinkler comes on, and I'm not doing extra watering except for one tree. And actually, as you say, that's the one that's bearing. Okay. All right. Well, good. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's good. Did they die back in the cold and like in, during the ice storm? Did you lose the tops of the trees? Uh, yes, they they die back in the winter, and we cut them back to within about a foot of the base. Yeah. I never I never have figured out what they mean by pinching to cause them to fruit, and I'm never sure which of the stems to leave. We tend to leave the leave the the largest. Uh, branches when we trip back. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Pinching just means removing the top, like, quarter of each branch. And I think that's worth trying in the winter. Okay. Yeah, if they don't die all the way down in the winter, you can do okay. that. Yeah. So, Bill, I've got to go. It's the end of the show. But keep on trying. And thanks, y'all, for joining me, and I'll see you next week. We're going to the news.